name is Joanne Bolt, and I am intent on helping women stop playing small in their businesses, get out of the messy middle, and into profitability. I'm a Southern mama with a snarky attitude who built a $56 million real estate empire just to prove I could, and now I work from home and run a seven-figure immersive coaching business, all while sipping coffee in my fuzzy slippers. Together, we'll uncover the tried and true tactics to building a business you love while giving you the real deal on how to make them work for you so that you can get out of your way and into action. Is it all rainbows and unicorns? (laughs) No way. So put your big girl panties on and get ready because we'll dive into it all. From failures to success to money and emotions and everything in between. Think of this as your girlfriend's guide to business. Grab your coffee or pour yourself a punch bowl of wine because this is the B Word Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to The B Word. I'm your hostess, Joanne Bolt, and I've got a confession to make. Way back in the day when I was in high school, one of my besties pulled me to the side and said, Joanne, even though your eyebrows are blonde and they aren't as obvious on your face as everyone else's are, you still have to wax them and trim them up. I was shocked. I mean, absolutely, no one had ever told me this before. I didn't grow up in the days of YouTube or Instagram where reels were constantly telling me or TikTok videos were telling me how to trim up those eyebrows. I was probably 17 years old when I finally figured out this little bitty trick of being a woman. Now, this podcast isn't about health and beauty tips. You're welcome because I am not the girl you go to for that. It is about running your business. And so just like my bestie in high school, I'm going to sit you down right now and tell you the seven most cringeworthy mistakes I bet you're making in your inbox. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about the emails that you're sending out. Now stay with me till the end and then snap a screenshot on your phone and tag me on Instagram at it's Joanne Bolt and tell me which one you're most guilty of because I guarantee you there's at least one in this list. Okay, you ready? Let's get started. The very first mistake you are probably making in your inbox is sending out emails with crusty canned subject lines. In email world, your subject line is the most important factor for determining if your email is actually going to be opened. And you can't create engagement with your people if they aren't even open your emails, right? The subject line's sole purpose and job is to compel your reader to click on your email so that they'll open it. And you only have a few seconds to grab that person's attention. I mean, like probably less than one. So if your subject line doesn't make them want to open it, all the rest of the work you do into crafting your perfect email, everything else, all the hard work you've put into it completely falls flat and is a waste of your time. I see so many emails with subject lines that just don't make me want to open them at all. Have you ever gotten one that says, here's your market update or your monthly newsletter, or Hey, here's what's happening in my world. None of those make me want to open the email and I'm just going to skim straight through it and send it to the delete box. In fact, I am the queen of unsubscribing from your emails if they're bore me. So here's a tip for you. If you're looking to increase your viability of your subject lines, Take a few minutes each day and scroll through your inbox. 
If you see subject lines that make you want to open that person's email, then copy and paste it into a notepad somewhere that you can come back to later and repurpose it for your own usage. If you're seeing ones that make you immediately say no, like just no, then copy and paste those into a different notepad as ones that you should never use yourself. That is the best way to determine if your personal subject lines are worth opening or not. In case you are struggling to get started, I've got you covered, girlfriend. You can always head over to realbosswomen.com forward slash subject lines, and I've got 25 Open Me Now subject lines for real estate agents you can download absolutely for free. Heck, even if you aren't a real estate agent, go ahead and grab them. Why not? They could give you some fantastic inspo to repurpose them into your own industry. That is legitimately what I do all the time. Half the time I only open my inbox in order to scroll through and see if anything captures my eye. And then I look at it and think, how can I use that in my world? It's kind of like watching reels on Instagram and saving them to a folder, which I also do to give you inspo for later. I get so excited over these subject lines, especially when I find really good ones and can get very creative with them. I am constantly jumping into the Facebook group we've got for my course, Client Experience List Building, and sharing those subject lines with the students in there so that they can take them and repurpose them for themselves as well. Because to me, if you're going to do email marketing, you might as well do it right. And with that in mind, let's talk about the second cringeworthy mistake that you may be making in your inbox. It is text overload. Holy cow, we have got the attention span as a culture of that of a gnat. Most people are reading your emails either on their iPhone or quickly at their desk, on their lunch break, heck, sometimes even in the carpool line or sitting at a stop sign, even though they're not supposed to, we all know it happens. We just flat out live in this age of a short attention span and something scannable makes it much more likely that they'll actually go through your content. So stop giving me massive paragraphs after paragraphs after paragraphs. If I can't read it on one screen when I swipe up one time and get to the bottom of it, I'm probably not going to read it at all. If you really do insist on giving me a big ass wall of text, then maybe break it up, not just in paragraph form, but throw an emoji in there so that my eyes can quickly go down to something and it'll capture my attention or some bullet points will help. Anything you can do to make it more scannable and more appealing to the eyes of your audience, the more receptive than your message will be. And if they're receptive to it, they're more likely to actually take the time to read that email you wrote them. So what about the elephant in the room? The what do you put in your emails to make them actually be receptive to you? Well, here's where I see a lot of the cringeworthy factor taking place. It's a misunderstanding of the customer journey. The customer journey with you is to know, like, and trust you. Only then will you get them to utilize your products or services. But here's the thing. It can take 18 to 21 times of them seeing your name before they actually start to know you. This can be on social media and it can be on billboards. It can be on stuff you send them in the mail, but oftentimes we really can hit that 18 to 21 factor the fastest through a good old email. So pay attention to the journey that you're taking them on. There are lots of things you can do to make them consider you as a product or service that they want to use and help guide them into the decision of actually clicking the button, making an appointment, or giving you a phone call. In Client Experience List Building Course, I talk a lot about the journey that your clients need to go on through your emails. 
You can have a welcome sequence of emails to guide them on a journey of getting to know you. You could have a re-engagement sequence to bring them back in if they're not opening anything. You could have a post-close to create loyalty in clients who have already used your products or services. There are so many journeys that you can take someone on as they read their emails, but you've always got to remember who they are, why they're reading your emails, and how can you serve them best? You're not just sending them out a book to read or a paragraph to read. You're letting them know that you understand them, you empathize with them, and they are human to you. I also covered this topic in episode 78, where I led you through how to create an engaging email sequence. So if you're kind of struggling with that whole journey thought process, take a listen into that episode because it may just help you out. Understanding the client journey leads us to the cringeworthy mistake number four, forgetting that there is a human on the other side of that email. It's really easy to do that when you're not actually hearing them speak back to you and you're simply writing something on a cursor on a laptop, but they are people that are going to read your emails. So you've got to get in the mindset of how are you serving them when you write the email? Never, ever, ever forget that your future and past clients are people first. They don't connect with your logos, with your credentials, with your presentations, or what awards you've won. They connect with you as humans. In fact, I'm going to give you the secret sauce to making your emails very readable. Faces take you places. The power of being able to see your face and see your facial expressions when you're talking to someone, hearing their voice, hearing the inflections of what they say can do a lot to continuing to build that know, like, and trust factor. It makes you relatable to the person you're sending the email to. And when you're relatable, they're much more likely to open that email and actually go through it and give you the time of day. Not all email service providers will allow you to embed your videos straight in there. So if you need to do an add-on, I recommend the company BombBomb. BombBomb compresses those videos that you create so that they fit very neatly inside your emails. And then they turn them into this interactive GIF, which grabs your reader's attention. Most videos sent through with BombBomb do in fact get opened. They have like one of the highest open rates in the industry. So I do highly recommend them. And nope, there is no affiliate marketing here. This is literally just me telling you a service that I love. I'll make sure to include a link to their website in the show notes. So check that out. Oh my gosh, I can almost feel your energy as you're getting ready to go start writing your new email campaigns. But I want to make sure you don't do one of the highest mistakes you can make which is forgetting a call to action. We call this a CTA in my world. The last thing you want to do is have your people read your emails and then them go nowhere, fall flat. You want to encourage your people to take action. It's sort of like putting a comment on your Facebook reel that says, hey, drop a comment below if you can do those same call to actions in your emails. And let's get rid of the tried and true. Call me if you have anyone who wants to buy, sell, or invest a home, or I'm never too busy for your referrals. No, guys, those aren't CTAs. A CTA can be as simple as click here to get more details, or reply back and let me know what your favorite thing about your new home is, or about the product that you're using. You just want to make sure that your call to action gets that person to do something, gets them into motion. They either hit the reply button or they forward it to a friend. Maybe they save it. Maybe there's a button in your email for them to automatically text you. That's a great one to include, by the way. Regardless of what you decide to do, stay away from the canned old CTAs that you've always seen in your industry 
And like your subject lines, try to come up with something fresh and entertaining. Give your people a reason to interact with you. That helps guide them into making that decision that much faster. And we always want to get them into action. All right, if you're starting to zone out, come back to me because I've got the last two cringeworthy mistakes you do not want to be making. Number six is keeping a dirty list. You're not cleaning out that database. Listen, you're going to have people unsubscribe for whatever reason, maybe because they've already bought your product or used your services, or maybe it's just not the right time in their life to be getting emails from you. Regardless of that, have grace, be okay with the fact that they unsubscribed and just keep moving on. Don't worry about it. You're also going to have emails that do a hard bounce back because people change their email addresses or maybe, and here's the one you really want to avoid. The spam gods have marked you as a spammer that will often cause your emails to not land where they want to be. And in order to keep that from happening, we want to clean out that old dirty database, give yourself permission to at least every six weeks, put it on your calendar to go through that list and take out people that don't need to be in there. The emails that are bouncing, the clients you don't want to work with anymore, the ones who are never engaging back. Most service providers allow you to pull up reports so that you can see who's opening your emails and who's not. If you've got names in there that haven't opened an email in the last six months, honey, it's probably time to just go ahead and say sayonara and let them go. I would rather you have a small, clean list of engaged subscribers than a huge, dirty list of subscribers and email names that really don't care a lick about you. Your email health depends on it. So go ahead, take a deep breath, hold those big girl panties up and go through and get rid of the ones that don't need to be there anymore. If you need a little bit more help on how to scrub your email database in order to avoid the spam gods, I actually did an entire episode on it. Episode 76, I gave you six different ways to avoid the spam folder. And it's another one that you should probably save and go back to. Last but not least in the cringeworthy mistakes that I do not want to see you make is a lack of consistency. If you haven't figured it out by now in your business, consistency is one of the biggest keys to creating a sustainable and lasting business, which is so important, especially right now in times of recession or market change. I'm going to give you a little secret on why consistency really does pay off. The other day I found myself on Netflix with a glass of wine and some popcorn in my hand. And I was scrolling through things to watch. I found myself clicking on the button for the show dynasty. Now dynasty was not one that was originally on my thought process to watch. In fact, I'd actually gone in there to watch Emily in Paris. However, I found myself watching dynasty. Why? Because it showed up in my watch list and you guys want to know why it was in the almighty watch list on Netflix, because for the past three or four weeks, They kept putting Dynasty up there as a suggested for you show to watch. And they put it up there so often that at some point in the last few weeks, I thought, well, maybe when I have time, this one does fit my needs. It would be interesting and I'll get around to it. So I put it in the watch list. It's kind of like someone saving your emails to come back to later. The same thing happens in your inbox. If they aren't reading your email, but you show up every single week, like clockwork with something of value that they might later want to read, 
They're still seeing your name on that subject line and the from. They're still associating you with landing in their inbox. So when you're consistent week over week after week, even if you aren't capturing their attention at the moment, when they're ready, they know that you're going to pop back up and they're going to be ready to read those emails. So staying consistent will increase the chances of getting an open rate and then converting them into a client. All right, we went through so much goodness today, and I hope that you found this helpful. In fact, what I want you to do right now is not only save this to come back to later, see, there's a CTA folks, but also forward this podcast episode to a friend that you need to be that bestie to because they're probably also doing these cringeworthy mistakes. That's it for now though. I'll see you next Thursday. Same time, same place.